No. Love Talk Radio. Oh, it is. We don't know yet. There it is. It's doing it. Welcome to Season 5 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. Good evening. You are listening to Eye on the Future. This is Season 5, Episode 7, and today is Thursday, April 8th, 2021. By popular demand, we are back on our regular night every other Thursday, but at our new time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So be sure to mark your calendars. Eye on the Future is now bi-weekly, Thursday evenings, 8 p.m. We're very glad to have you here with us tonight. I'm your host, Paula Plaka, along with our in-house spiritual guru, Jim Elkin, and our resident psychic extraordinaire and love expert, Lady Fontaine. Our phone lines are open and our switchboard is lighting up. We definitely want to hear from you. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show at our new number, 319-527-6216. That's 319-527-6216. Call us tonight on the intriguing topic of friends with benefits or any other topics you would like to discuss. We are here to answer your questions. Don't forget to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Quick reminder to our callers, please have one question for Lady Fontaine. For general questions like when will Bill call or when will I get a new job, please visit Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com and she can answer all your questions there. We've been getting some very interesting emails from listeners requesting topics for the show, and we hope the listeners will keep those show topic suggestions coming. Email us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com, and please check Lady Fontaine's website or Facebook page for upcoming details on how to win a free private 15-minute reading with her. If we select your topic for an upcoming show, you you will receive a free private reading with Lady Fontaine. So before we get started on tonight's topic, I wanted to let our listeners know that we hope to begin live video streaming uh, with our radio show on several social media sites. And what this means is you can not only hear us live here on Blog Talk Radio, but watch us live on various social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, and other sites. If you miss a show, you will be able to watch the show at any time on our YouTube channel. We hope to have the technical details worked out by our next show. So, Jim, what do you think? <laughs> Maybe he fell asleep because he got calls. a shot today. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, Lady Fontaine, you have a, a prayer, uh, don't you, to start us off tonight? Yes. Tonight I want to do something a little bit different. I do want to open up um, with a beautiful prayer, and I'm going to talk a little bit about things afterwards. So this is just for um, all of our um, information, and I hope the message gets through to all the listeners as it did with me. So here we go. I call upon you, divine archangel Haniel, unstoppable warrior of the sacred light. I surrender to you now with this prayer. You see my true self, and you have the ability to revitalize my courage and my willpower. I've been afraid of my power. I wish to be more courageous, 
I have doubted my inner wisdom. I've been afraid to shine my light upon this earth. So I'm ready now. And I'm ready to step into the courage and willpower that is naturally within my true self. As I now welcome your ruby red force, I quiet my mind and I rest in my open heart while allowing my body to breathe on its own. All strength shall come to me now. Excuse me. I feel the courage of a lion and the willpower of a volcano entering me. Your ruby red flow of supernatural intelligence and support is penetrating my body, my mind, my feelings, and my spirit, awakening my true self and my sacred power. Thank you, Divine Archangel Haniel, for responding to my call. I will use my power wisely, lovingly, and respectfully. I will inspire others and encourage them to step into their own power. Thank you for honoring me with your divine presence. I am so humbled and I am so blessed and I am so grateful. Thank you, Divine Archangel Haniel, for leading me to my throne at this very moment. Thank you for gracing me with my spiritual sovereignty. You are giving me the strength to honor God my own way. You are lifting me up into the ruby red skies where you abide. I am now fearlessly leading my existence and powerfully serve our Heavenly Father, Mother Earth, and the Divine Light. Thank you, Divine Archangel Haniel, for always, always, always responding to my call. And I'm now equally powerful to a lion. I am now equally powerful to a volcano. And in the holy, in the name of the holy light, amen. That was a, a lovely prayer. Why did you select this particular prayer to open the show? Well, when we began the show many years ago, my main goal was truly to inspire people and teach them. It wasn't just to do readings. And I felt that prayer was really a beautiful, empowering prayer. And, you know, to be honest, we all go through challenges in our life. And oftentimes we get so focused on trying to figure out ways to fix things. And oftentimes we end up doing things on our own. And I, I, like, I'm the first to admit, I, for one, am a control freak. You know, and like everybody else, I, have, I deal with challenges. So I feel that we all have a choice. Do we allow the challenge or the problem or the pain or the hurt to control us and consume us? Or is there something else we can do? So I was struggling with that this morning myself when an email happened to come in from my guardian angel, Raziel. So in that moment, I began to research more about Raziel. And I've been getting these emails probably for about two years, and I never read one of them. But today I did. And I happened to encounter this website that, based on your your name, your birth name, and your birth date, et cetera, they gave you your three guardian archangels. So Archangel um, Haniel came up for me, and she happens to be the archangel of intuition. So right there, that kind of resonated with me. But there's also a tie-in from our last show on the Mysteries of Kabbalah. Since Haniel is often associated with not only the planet Venus, but with the Sephora 
and I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this right. Netza. That I don't sounds know right. Is, okay. Um, <laughs> so, and, and she's also known as the angel of joy. And this morning I needed joy in my life. I did. I just woke up with this really weird, heavy feeling and I was, I felt trouble. So I felt like I needed to embody that joy in my energy. So as I was reading the above prayer, I began feeling more embodied. But when I got to the words, thank you for gracing me with my spiritual sovereignty, I paused and I allowed myself to really feel that. And it resonated with me. And I kept on saying, you know, the words, sovereignty. I mean, I just kept on saying it. And it kept on resonating with me. And I said it so many times that I started saying, am I even saying it right? It just didn't (laughs) sound right anymore. And I was about to look up the word when on the news station that I was listening to, they're talking about something and they blurt it out. They say, you know, a world sovereignty or, you know, whatever. So uh, I'm thinking, oh, my God, perfect synchronicity. This prayer means something. So I felt that I needed to start this prayer today, and I wanted to share it with the listeners. And by the way, that word itself means supreme power, supreme authority, which plays beautifully into the surrendering and the transformation that I personally felt this morning. So I know that's a long-winded answer, but I thought it was really a very special prayer. And me, the most important thing is that I feel when I'm teaching my clients, I want them to learn how to connect within. And I want them to learn how to trust the process and to honor yourself. So my theory is the universe isn't going to honor you until you honor yourself. So today, for me, began a deeper process of my own inner growth and transformation with that prayer, and I wanted to share it. That's fascinating because, you know, I really uh, – I connect so much with that that sometimes a, a word or a, a topic or a book even or a movie, they'll, they'll resonate with you, and you'll, you'll focus in on something that, that resonates, and mm-hmm. it, it reinforces something that you, you need to pay attention to or you need to learn um, so I, I think that's fascinating. And for you to say sovereignty, like, I, I think that also means like self-rule to like you, you're in charge of yourself and it's self-empowerment um, as well, I, I believe. I need to maybe I don't, I don't know for too. sure, but I, I know to me, I, I, when I was researching things and then I did look up the actual meeting, it said power or authority. Um, right. and, and it's it. It just it for what I needed this morning and the timing, literally I'm going 70, 70. And then all of a sudden I'm going, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. It doesn't even sound right anymore. I, I think and, it's sover- and, sovereignty maybe. Sovereignty? Yes, I think so. Cause a, a sovereign is a, a ruler, um, but it, it definitely says a self-governing state in the definition. So I think that's what you're really connecting oh, to wow. is that, that feeling of, you know, you're in charge of your own, your own destiny and you're, you are the supreme power and authority in your, your life, you know? But the magical part for me, Paul, was that I started to lean into that power when I was, when I was doing the prayer and I read it over numerous times this morning, I just started to lean into it. I I was surrendering to it. I was Mm -hmm. letting down my guard and you know what? When I got to those words about I am I now have the power of a lion, 
I actually heard the roar and I saw a lion and I'm thinking, wow. myself, oh my God, where is this coming from? And then the volcano, thank God I didn't see, but the power also <laughs> of a volcano. But I, I surrendered to that prayer and the meaning of that prayer. And I really tried, not tried, I allowed myself to embody that very magical power of Haniel. So uh, you know, to me, it was a magical morning. It changed my whole attitude. And I realized something so important about surrendering, which again, me being a control freak, it's very hard for me to surrender. But as I was surrendering to this, not only the prayer, but to, uh, to my guardian angel, Archangel Haniel, I actually felt more powerful than I've ever oh. felt in my entire life. Jim, what are your thoughts on Haniel and, and the relationship to the uh, the Sephora? Um, you know, it ties into our last week's um, discussion. Well, I uh, I believe it's pronounced Haniel. Ah, Haniel. Haniel, um, yeah. I've heard different um, de- uh, ways of pronouncing it today. Um, okay. So whatever, well, Han- Haniel, you're saying? Yeah, well, because in in Hebrew, the L ending has a glottal stop preceding it, meaning as L, not yell so it would be honey means uh pretty to me honey l it's like yafa el and yafa el and you know etc right. etc it's all the l thing just talks about god right wow it's, right. The, it's the general idea so masachen it means you find is someone's pretty to you so honey is prettiness god is pretty or attractive or whatever you want to call it the photographs or the, the illustrations that I saw of um, that archangel, she was beautiful. I mean, very elegant. And a lot of, of the description was about beauty, grace, elegance. Um, and also, of course, that hook for me, which was intuition, which for me is a biggie, obviously. And I was thinking to myself, I'm not sure what tied me into that, if it was my birth name or my birth date, but how ironic can that be? that one of the one of my guardian angels is this particular archangel who is the archangel of intuition and beauty uh-huh, yeah. because you know I'm so focused on both right. <laughs> what is funny about that oh. <laughs> because I don't I don't find you to be uh I mean I take that as something uh, of vanity and I don't I don't I get that impression from you <laughs> <laughs> You're focused on beauty. That seems like, you know, maybe you're uh, self-involved and I don't see that in you. I don't know. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I, I do. I mean, I'm, I, I can't, I'm not going <laughs> to. I guess I am self-involved. You blew the whole thing now. <laughs> oh no. Uh, I'm not psychic, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it is insanity. Maybe I embody the beauty and the elegance and the grace of um, Archangel Hadiel. That, is that, that makes more sense to me. Okay. All right. So now we're happy. Now we're all Hadiel. on the same page with this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting back to like the, our connection to the, uh, the Kabbalah, I'm, I'm interested in, you know, she's got the uh, connection to Venus and the Sephora Netzach. Is that how it's pronounced, Jim? Is that how it's pronounced, Jim? 
Did he oh, go maybe again? He's back on a call. Okay. He's like the Hebrew expert. We need him. Let's <laughs> <laughs> call my cousin Wendy. She knows too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's uh, maybe we'll touch on that connection when he comes back. But let's let's move on here. Let's get back on track with this uh, very interesting topic for tonight's show: friends with benefits. So, Lady Fontaine, you were interviewed for an article a couple of years back on this for SheKnows.com, and back then, you and the other experts mentioned in that article that had a rather gloomy perspective on friends with benefits. Has anything changed? In oh, yeah. It has changed big time. And I'll tell you, the research actually surprised me because the through the years, obviously, things change. But this, a lot of the stats that I've read are pre-COVID. So this has nothing to do with COVID when I start talking about some of the statistics. But I do want to say that in preparing for the show, a lot of things were really coming to the forefront for me. And that's really how dating has changed. And we've done a show on this already, but how drastically it has changed in the pandemic. And still, there are many areas in the country that are still dealing with, you know, um, lockdowns and high numbers. And I know with the vaccinations and everything, things are coming down. But what I found to be some of the most interesting and smartest things that some of the singles are doing is some some people are screening their partners. Uh, they won't allow anybody in or out or near them or whatever if they don't have a, a COVID-19 test and, <clears throat> and or being quarantined. So uh, there was an article that I read months ago about a 24-year-old woman in Brooklyn, and this was in New York Magazine. I don't remember what month it was, but I have a feeling it was you know six or eight months ago. And um, they were talking about how the lockdown forced her and her other two roommates to start spending more time with these three quarantine men who live upstairs. How convenient. I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, so it was an arrangement that resulted in, in hookups between some of these roomies. So um, basically what experts were saying was that the need for COVID cuddle buddies, you know, has greatly increased. And this, this part I found really, really interesting, that it's actually been addressed by some government agencies. And I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but the National Institute for Public Health and Environment in the Netherlands has amended some of their coronavirus guidelines to advise that single residents find one willing sexual partner to help them weather the pandemic. And then, it's not bad um, advice. So who do yeah, I contact? You know, <laughs> they didn't have a contact number, Jim. Maybe we'll Jeez. send them an email. Right. But the Netherlands, how would you get there right now? Um, uh, I, I mean, walk. there are <laughs> over the water. I mean, yeah. oh, wow. You have powers that you haven't really shared with us. Well, you didn't uh, hear about that. <laughs> no, I didn't. So you're going to have to explain that before the end yeah. of the show. So um, another place that it makes sense that as a single, you also want to have physical contact, which I kind of agree with. And that was a message that was posted to the Center for Healthy Living Resource site. And back in April of last year, the Oregon Health Authority shared its guidance for those looking to have sex. A few weeks after that, the New York City Department of Health did the same thing, recommending masturbation or sex with someone you live with as the safest option. And what I found to be one of the more amusing studies was out of Hartford, they suggested all participants leave their masks on, among other precautions, <laughs> right, for the duration of the act. 
So oh my clearly, gosh. I know, thanks to the challenges of COVID, the dating world has drastically changed. So obviously none of that has anything to do with the topic at hand for tonight, which is friends with benefits, other than dating in many instances is certainly challenging in today's world. Well, man, I mean, with I feel so bad for young women these days because hard enough to get men to wear a condom, but now you got to get them to wear a mask. <laughs> I, I think you know, I don't know. a lot of way with it. I mean, kissing to me is perfect it's, foreplay. So it's a little, I, I can't, yeah, it's kind of important. Right. So I just can't see wearing a mask through that. I'm sorry. That one I have well, to dispute with. Maybe they can fetishize it in some way, but I, I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. So I don't, I don't need to worry about making it interesting, you know, right. painting a wolf right. on, on it or something and pretend you're low, low red riding good. I don't know. Make it interesting, I guess. I don't know. Maybe Jim has some ideas. He's being very quiet. Well, I think he's back to screening calls. Okay. <laughs> well, I've heard some interesting stories about dating during COVID. And um, we talked about it on an earlier show where we talked about this Italian couple that connected um, over their balconies and exchanged um, either texts or, or somehow, but they ended up um, becoming a couple uh, through mm-hmm. it. So um, since many listeners have requested the Friends with Benefits topic, I'm anxious to hear more about how people are surviving right now, especially because I haven't been single in many years. Um, it's definitely interesting to hear how people are surviving, um, you know, especially when you're younger when it's more important and you have more of a drive. <laughs> it's important. Come no, on. I, you know, I'm 54. If I was single right now, I wouldn't be jonesing for, for cuddle buddies. I'd, I'd be happy to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I'm but fascinated I, to hear from uh, our listeners to see what, what they're going through and how they're surviving. No, and I think that that's, that's pretty good. Um, right. Is Jim back yet? Because I think he had a few ideas of different ways that people could be um, careful during this period. But um, he's still screening. Okay, so um, so let's um, let's carry on. He'll be back soon. Um, Let's just remind our listeners: we have a new email address for listeners and callers to contact us. It's radio show at ladyfontaine dot com. Email us with your show ideas. We'd also love to hear your feedback, testimonials, or just to say hello. If you've gotten a reading from Lady Fontaine here on the air and she's helped you, or you want to share with us what, when her predictions come true, email us because we'd love to hear the story. We might be sharing it on the air. Just a quick reminder that the phone lines are open and we are taking your calls on tonight's topic or anything else you'd like to talk about. Lady Fontaine will answer your questions about love, life, career, or whatever's on your mind. Uh, plus, Jim and I are here to chime in and help too. Our phone lines, our phone lines are open. So um, be sure to get into the queue. Call us at 319-527-6216. All right. So I'm going to jump hmm. right in now. And, oh, Jim. Jim back? <laughs> oh, good, I'm back. I wanted you to talk a little bit about, you know, whatever you want to talk about before I jump in more. You had some ideas on some precautions and maybe conversations that would be necessary during COVID. Jeez. You know, I didn't hear what you had to say. I'm sorry, but... But uh, uh, I think it's, it's really critical to be very particular about the kind of person that you want to, you know, consider your 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 buddy, because you got to really trust that person to be able to uh, keep it in that place, you know. Um, and if if anything comes up that you need to talk about, you need to be able to have a clear air for that. 
you need to be able to speak openly to the person that you're going to be in this relationship with and they you need to trust them to be able to speak openly with you because if that doesn't happen then feelings could get hurt unintentionally and uh you know without whatever well but without, you're right i mean any of that i mean we've talked about this on just about every single show we've ever done the importance yeah. of communication in any relationship and even right. friends with benefits. I mean, I have a lot of clients through the years that have been involved in these kind of relationships. Yeah. And I mention especially questions. Yeah. And they don't they don't talk to their partner. And that's uh-huh. the reason why it stays as friends with benefits. So you're right. absolutely right. Plus in today's day and age, you do have to screen people. We did talk a little bit about what some of the um studies out there and you know um right. Uh, okay. health agencies are saying about precautions you should take. But um, I think you're right. Honest communication. This is not a time to lie. This is a time to be really open and honest because and you don't want people getting sick. This isn't a time to be considerate. That's another, you know, people <laughs> think they're being considerate and they're lying. And, and so don't be considerate. Bring your stuff out and let people know what's going on so that so that it doesn't end up being a big problem later. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about health here. And, this yeah. is, you know, this is beyond, you know, just some sexually transmitted diseases, which I'm not saying are good. Right. But, right. you know, there are people dying out there and, right. and you affect one, infect one person and they can then infect, you know, uh, you know, hundreds of people. We don't know, you know, depending right. on going to work or what. So right. we do, I, I think you're right. We do have to be very, very careful about that, especially in today's day and age. Were there any other suggestions you have before I yeah, dive into some of the research? Yeah. In the age of COVID, you want to make sure that you're not ignoring the fact that there's other diseases out there that can be transmitted through a casual relationship. So you want to get tested before you enter into this kind of, a, of an agreement because you want to make sure everybody's healthy and safe. I mean, there's still well, AIDS out there. There's still right. uh, hepatitis out there. There's still lots of diseases that you want to watch out for. So getting a good sexually transmitted diseases test before you do engage in anything is a good idea. Yeah, and, I, I and agree. Re- really make sure your expectations are set down <clears throat> hard. And, yeah. and if anybody has a question about the expectations, as we said before, make sure that you're, that you're open about it, you're upfront about it. That's the most important thing. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more. And that is all to do. It's really all to do with the communication and whatnot. But I want to first I want to refer back to how things have changed in the past 10 or 12 years. Um, Back in 2010, when I was interviewed for that SheKnows.com article on Friends with Benefits, the general consensus across the board, and this goes from all the studies, all the statistics, all the everything that I've read and heard to what my clients are are telling me. And I I have to say that I would say 25% of my clients at any given time are in friends with benefits relationships. So all of that information back then in 2010 um, basically said the same thing, that friends with benefits is often very challenging for one or both partners. So in 2010, the statistics also told us that Overall, the vast majority of situations did not work. And I'm going to tell you that regardless of the statistics, 
for many of the people who enter into, or at least at that point, were entering into friends with benefits relationships, man, it sounds like a great idea. You know, it's, it, it solved all their problems. But the problem is, while casual sex works for a lot of guys, women are usually doomed. And that's really biology playing its role here. And women end up craving more. Why is that? And if in general women are doomed, why do they enter into these relationships? Well, usually it's loneliness or the desire to create something more than just friends is how it usually begins. And like Jim was just saying, we, you've got to be open and upfront. And I'm going to I'm going to dive into that a little bit more here too. But on the surface, these relationships appear safe. And the participants often feel like it's better than just sleeping around. And I would, you know, guess in COVID, in the middle of COVID, um, situations like that really do play to the benefit if you're both being honest and doing some of the things that Jim was talking about. But what really surprised me is the number of people that admitted to being in these types of relationships during the pandemic and truly loving it. And that was a different perspective than just 10 years ago. Um, so my feeling is that in or out of the pandemic, engaging in these friends with benefits arrangements, it allows for the physical gratification of a relationship without having the commitment. So these relationships offer what appears to be the best of both worlds, um, you know, where both partners lead their own lives and they're not obligated to the other. And that sounds really enticing to some, but every so often one of the partners secretly craves for more. And that truly is when the problems arise. So for this show, I personally interviewed 18 men and 14 women that were involved in these relationships. And surprisingly, I got very similar responses from most men and women. And this was with very few exceptions. I'm gonna talk about the exceptions in a little bit. But for right now, <clears throat> in a pandemic, I feel that we do have a, a, a different or a separate set of rules um, for friends and benefits because you know, usually it doesn't work out for, for either party. So most men and women, well, most men and some women, I don't want to say all men. Uh, no, most women and some men. Sooner <laughs> 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 or later I'll get that right. <laughs> um, have difficulty with physical intimacy without the emotional connection. So I'm going to put both of you guys on the spot and ask you up front, because I think this is important information for women out there and also men. Um, is that important to you? Paul, let me start with you. Is that emotional connection important? Well, I, I think this is such an inter interesting topic. And uh, me being in my, my later middle age, you know, 54, I look back on my earlier years and the difference of where I am now to then. So I, I was raised Catholic. And I was at war with myself uh, as a teenager, um, trying to fight my uh, impulses and my urges and the things that physically were driving me. And um, so, of course, whenever you, as a teenager, for me, uh, and I think most young men go through this, um, you might get somewhere physically that you want to, and then you feel this burden of shame and self-loathing that you don't really talk to anyone about because guys are supposed to talk to each other like, hey, I just scored, you know, you, you know, put it down on your scorecard. I just did so-and-so with so-and-so. And, but inside, you're, you're torn up because there's part of you that's 
fighting this uh, physical nature that does that isn't connected to intimacy. So when you have the physical acts without the emotional intimacy, that's when you get the why is he such a jerk? Like he, I did everything he asked me to, and then he, and then he doesn't even look at me the next day at school. So it's I think that uh, that happens in men where we're overrun with. Uh, the the urges, the physical urges, and we don't know how to connect them. Whereas women are overrun with the emotional urges, and right. trying to connect that to the physical, we're we're kind of you know flipped. Our switches are flipped, and it's it's that's very hard to to come to terms internally with the things that we're fighting and trying to balance within ourselves, and then trying to do it with someone else. Like, yeah, when you're young, it's for men or for me in particular. I feel like the physical urges take precedence and you have to balance it out within yourself. Where do I connect my intimacy and where am I vulnerable? And then the older you get, you're like, it, there, you need a balance. I think most people who are emotionally mature and evolved, once you get out of your thirties, it's like all those kind of weird games are over and your, your priorities shift and you're more balanced. And I think most men uh, who've evolved feel that way too. They feel uh, there should be a connection and friends with benefits you know, it might be good for the short term so you can get your uh, physical needs met, but it, it doesn't it doesn't last because you're not, you know, connecting all the dots. Right. But I mean, you said something really important, which is as you get older and mature, usually that emotional connection, because let's face it, when you're 18 years old, the hormones, I don't even know how men, how young men even survive with the level of hormones. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I don't know how they manage to do it, but somehow neither, they get neither through do, that period. Neither do neither we. we. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's why you so, see us doing all kinds of stupid things and or, motorcycles or get, and bungee jumping. Get and... put in prison or... <laughs> Oh, God. Fraternity suits and stuff like that. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I avoided that. <laughs> so, but, but do you have anything to add to that, Jim? I mean, what was important no, to you? Pretty much, pretty much the same thing. When I, was, when I was very young, it was all about, you know, about getting the score. And it was all about, you know, finding out what this whole thing is about and getting as much of it as I can. Uh, and I didn't care with who. Uh, as, wow. long as, she was attract- <laughs> as long as she was attractive enough. And then as I got older, I started to realize that, uh, that there's a lot more involved and that I'm selling myself short. And, and I, found, I found actually that the physical response became much more difficult for women that I didn't have a connection with. Right. That right. I really didn't, I I didn't have, right. I didn't have the, the ability to perform the way I would with someone that I really cared about. Exactly, right. because they, right. they they know they can feel that energy, and if you're if you're false, it's very hard yeah. <laughs> to to perform sexually when a, a woman's just like no 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 they shut it down right away right right <laughs> no and I that, that train will not leave that, the station <laughs> and I personally yeah. think that true intimacy occurs when there's that motion, emotional connection. It's the only way it can really happen. That true intimacy. I mean, we're not talking about sex or even making love. To me, true intimacy is beyond that. Right. So, so in yeah, any event, but thank, um, I appreciate well, your input on this. Because, to, go ahead. Let me what let, me, let me add something in here because there's a lot of people out there who discuss needs, you know, uh, biological needs in order for survival, and they rate sex up there just above food, meaning less necessary than food, but not much. 
Right. And, <clears throat> and, and so therefore, so, so it starts with being able to breathe and after that it's eating. And then after that it's sex. Um, so, so the, the idea is from a, you know, what we're brainwashed with or what we're hammered with as far as messages are concerned is that sex is a necessary part of life. And if you're not doing it, then you're not living. And, and I think that's, that's a little bit of what I'm talking about is, you know, based on that message, we, you know, the, the thinking is let's go out and do that. And, and then when you get there, you're kind of like, well, wait a minute, I don't care about this person. And it shows in how you're, you're in bed with that person. It doesn't, it doesn't, I'm oh, sorry. It shows how I'm in bed with that person because it doesn't reflect well. You know, I, I don't perform well and they don't, they don't have much satisfaction from it either. Right. I think, I think well, that's pretty universal. I would hope yeah. it's the same for most uh, non-sociopathic people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's, that's a good point because one of the examples I'm going to give later on, I'm not going to discuss every single person that I interview, but one of them was shocking to me. And this was a, a, a mature man, but the input and, and uh, opinions that you guys shared is, very valuable and it very much aligns with the fact that uh, everything that I know about friends with benefits is that so often as these relationships mature, things change and one or both individuals really want more than what they originally bargained for. And it's great when they're both in the same place and that can happen, but more often than not, it's one partner wants more. So for women, especially, this type of relationship is much harder to maintain because of a hormone called oxytocin. And what oxytocin is, is truly a bonding hormone and it's a neurotransmitter and it's released during orgasm. And it's the same hormone that's released in higher doses when a woman gives birth. So for childbirth is easy then, right? (laughs) Yeah, we wish, right? No, but the women don't, so women don't aren't more tolerant to pain then, is that right? <laughs> if women could go through childbirth, I mean, I would like to see a man even try it. <laughs> I know, not a chance. Not a exactly. chance. Exactly. As a species, we'd be over in a heartbeat. One generation, we'd be that done. That would resolve. That would resolve the overpopulation issue real quick. <laughs> Let's just change the genetics, and the men now have the kids. So why why is it released at a higher dose during birth? Is that just to ease the the experience, or I mean, how does that? I mean, that's interesting to me. Like, what what does that have to do with birth? Well, it's very important because there's a bonding process that happens between the baby and the mom. And remember, we're we're civilized now. When our bodies were made, I mean, you know, we weren't living in in the middle of, you know, having hospitals around or anything like that. We're instinctual just like animals. So when that hormone is released, our our natural instinct is to love, bond and protect. And what do they say about the first 3 days of any baby's life, they're the most important for bonding because that mm. oxytocin has been released in the mom. So she's going to be open and, you know, um, uh, interested and lovable and, and, you know, nurturing to her baby. So, right. so obviously the amount of oxytocin that gets released in a woman who during orgasm or even what I'm going to talk about in a bit, just the cuddling process and, 
um, just the romantic part of it is a lower level, but it's still there. And when there's sex involved, chemically it works against the dynamics of her hormones in her body to be able to just have a physical relationship. And someday, actually, I would like to do a show on oxytocin its effects because it really some people call it the love hormone and I'm sure a lot of people would be interested in hearing more and I don't want to do the whole show on that but um, you know there there are people that call it the love hormone some people call it the huddle hormone Jim you call it the cute hormone which I think you're going to talk about a little bit but researchers in 2012 there was an NIH study that found that couples in the early stages of their romantic attachment had significant higher levels of oxytocin than their unattached counterparts. And, um, you know, what they discovered was that oxytocin is tied to more, uh, more than just the new love. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Um, it's also increased during sexual activity and linked to the intensity of orgasms, which I did not know. And this is all in NIH studies. So I'm thinking, my God, who's funding these? Um, so then in another NIH study in 2013, they reviewed and summarized what some of the oxytocin's possible relationship enhancing effects were. These applied to both men and women, but the effects on women had much greater intensity. And those are trust, empathy, positive relationship memories, fidelity, positive communication, and bonding. So I've I've heard oxytocin called the the cute hormone. Um, it's that you know when when we're looking at those ki- pictures of kittens on Facebook and everybody goes oh or babies oh yeah oh yeah Aww. and 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 uh, and of course when we're looking at potential attractive lovers, uh, our brains release it for people or animals with large round eyes and fewer angular features overall. Really? So the so the, the the chubby cheeks and and the big round eyes those are those are the things that babies are born with that immediately we we bond with and call cute. Um, and wow. so so brain scientists brain scientists say that the amygdala and the hypothalamus, along with the pituitary, of course, which holds holds the oxytocin, uh, work together to produce and process it. When you bond, uh, when you when you consider oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine all three together. They're they're called the hormones of pleasure. So yeah. that that's the whole thing. It's, it's it's all about you know when when you're having sex or whatever, uh, doing drugs, all kinds of things. These emotions are sorry. These these hormones are really kicked into gear, and that that group is called the happy hormone group. Um, the the effect of them is to help us relax. They help us trust, and they help us feel more psychologically. Mm-hmm stable, which is something I've seen in, in early times in my relationships that that's really what that really those three uh, ideas really define the way that relationship felt very early on. I felt a lot of trust for the person. I felt more psychologically stable. I felt more relaxed. I felt like I could handle life better. All these things seem to happen in the beginning of a relationship. So um, a lot of research has found that oxytocin is more prominent in women, which could explain why men don't see babies as cute the way women do. 
And interestingly, postmenopausal women tend to kind of move into the 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 place where they act more like men, meaning they don't they don't respond the same way towards babies the way uh, younger women do. They don't get all gushy about them. They get gushy, but they don't get as gushy as they as they did when they were uh, younger. Uh, hmm. it, what, hap- what happens is that uh, menopause uh, reduces the amount of oxytocin released and more testosterone is released. And therefore, they, they tend to respond better, more like men. Isn't that <clears throat> funny? I never knew that. Yeah. So, so um, when, yeah, when, when it comes to attracting partners, um, men tend to be a little more focused in the testosterone and cortisol as being their primary movers towards women. Instead, as opposed to women seeing more oxytocin and cortisol, which is an interesting thing that, that men, men, we're going to do a show sometime on, you know, what, you know, the difference between men and women as, you know, hormonally speaking. Yes. I think that would be really interesting. I do as well. But you brought up a point that I, I have a question on. So you sure. said that um, post-menopausal uh, women have less oxytocin in their body, but what happens when they are cuddling or having sex? Are, do they release a lower amount or is it non-existent or, or what? How does that work? Do you know? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to claim ignorance on that one. That's a, good, that's a <laughs> well, great that's, question and it, one of those that we should ask you know, or yeah. answer in a future show after we've done some research on it. But I, I can't answer that question right offhand. Well, I would like us to, if we do a show on hormones and sex hormones and stuff like that, to to find that out, because I think that's important. I mean, um, you know, I'm not 20 or 30 anymore, um, and I I think I get bonded, you know, when I'm with somebody. So I think my oxytocin is still functioning, (laughs) but I would (laughs) kind of like to have some... Some true well, statistics you don't, on that. You, you don't need oxytocin to bond. I mean, men who are deficient in oxytocin still have, you know, good capabilities of bonding. Yeah, but so how, does, how, does, how does the oxytocin help with bonding, Jim? Do you, what's the reaction that uh, enhances that experience? Well, I, I think, you know, when, when I look at men – pictures of men and women are gushing over and saying, Oh, he's really great. I, I look at that and go, huh? <laughs> yeah. But is that oxytocin? What if you don't know the man? I think that's a different chemical reaction. That's why we need to research this more and have a show on this. Cause this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't think really that's is. oxytocin. If like, if you're at a uh, Chippendales, I don't know if they even still have that anymore, but I don't. I don't think that's oxytocin. Tocin play. I think it's something else. <laughs> it's something else. But I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, Lady Fontaine, you mentioned with the oxytocin in, in older women. We we talked about this in pre-production on the show that, that older women are are lacking compared to younger, and so maybe that's why you have so many grumpy grandwomen that don't get that baby away from me. <laughs> yeah. And that well, could be. Yeah. That could be, and that could also be why, as women get older, maybe they're less in, interested in sex. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's that's don't know. definitely a, a whole other show. Well, with right. your own experience, too, what you're talking about, uh, I think people need to understand, too, that as a, a professional um, dog person, that you have puppies around 
pretty often. So isn't that kind of a baby substitute when you hold a puppy? Doesn't that give you an oxytocin burst as well? I mean, I would assume oh, well, it's I similar. Tell you, I got to tell you this. Well, there's two things I want to mention regarding the dogs is one of the studies that um, I came up with actually was a 2009 study published in the journal um, Hormones and Behavior. They said that even playing and snuggling with your dog can cause oxytocin surges. So I right. tested it out last night with one of my, <laughs> my, honestly, I did. I'm telling you, I had an oxytocin overdose. Oh, that's <laughs> great. I was I feeling, love how did you I test was, it? <laughs> well, I, I went, I tried this with my two girl dogs and I didn't have much of an oxytocin surge, but when I hugged Bogart, my male dog, I could feel something different happening in my body. And I'm not saying so, I'm getting sexually aroused by him, no. but I could feel <laughs> a connection with him and a different bonding because he's a bigger dog. I was able to put my arms around him and hold him and he was leaning into me and it really was that that full sensation of being there's a whole science and medical research on 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 um holding that's that's an important part of health and building your immune system and i experienced that with with him and i tested it numerous times and i tested it with the female dogs and because they're smaller and they might not cuddle the same way. I mean, boy dogs are wusses. I mean, they love to be loved. And he right. would just be in my arms. And I, the more I'm hugging him, the more he's looking up at me with those pretty eyes and then kissing my lips. <laughs> 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 so I had an, mm. an oxytocin overdose. But I also want to say that in breeding puppies, I'm not sure if when I'm lifting up a puppy and, you know, uh, I guess I am bonding with them because I get very attached to my puppies. But more important, I want to mention that when a female dog has a litter, that they, as the puppies start nursing, more and more oxytocin is released. And I breed dogs. So what I see is that once you have a couple of puppies on the ground with the mother, you can't get that mother to leave the wealthy right. box. She won't. I so they to have oxytocin too, tried... dogs? Dogs yes. have the same hormone? Yes, yes. That is so interesting. And also, if a dog is having problems um, whelping, like if it's been more than a certain amount of hours, you can give them a shot of oxytocin. As long as there's not a puppy in the birth canal, you can give them a shot of oxytocin, and it's actually going to increase the contraction. So for a pregnant wow. For a pregnant, I don't know if the same works for a human, but for a pregnant dog, it's going to increase the, um, the contraction. So once we have one or two puppies on the ground and the puppies are all nursing, the puppies generally pop out a lot faster because of the oxytocin. But it is, you see that bonding process with the dog. They love their puppies. I mean, you know, if it's a good mother, I, I've never, thank God, seen a bad mother hear stories about them, but 99% of the time, those mothers are doting over their puppies and extremely protective. I mean, Paul, you were telling us in post-production about litters that you've had personally yourself, and well, not you, but your dogs that you had, right. and they wouldn't allow... <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't allow some of the adults in the room, right? Didn't you tell us yeah. that? No. When, when I was growing up, we had two poodles that um, our, our, my mother's friend was breeding. 
And um, we had maybe four or five litters growing up. And my brother and I, we were probably seven or eight years old. And we were the only ones allowed to really handle the puppies. My parents, my grandparents, the dogs, the mothers would just not let anyone else. They trusted children over adults. Wow. Um, which we loved as kids. We were like, I right. got to hold the puppy. You can't touch Aww. the puppy. <laughs> uh, it's so sweet. I mean, that whole process is really sweet. But it, it, we see it, at least as a greeter, I see it in play with the, with the females as well. But I want to go on because there's so much stuff, and then I, I want to make sure we get to the calls. But <clears throat> I want to mention that in the, in the 2010 article that I did with Shinos, there was an associate professor of philosophy and psychology at the University of Missouri at St. Louis who cautioned in this article, it's still out there on the Internet, who cautioned, if you are already in a friends with benefits situation, you will never get to the next step. And the chances, he said that the chances are absolutely minute. And he said, guys in a friends with benefits situation have it just the way they want it. Great sex, a friend to hang out with, and when they're bored, no commitment, no exclusivity, nothing. So I, you know, am going, well, <laughs> you know, let, let's see if anything has really changed. But the research back then and all my experience with the client, with my clients always tell me that these relationships are grim. To be honest, I don't think I have had one client that has gotten very far. I mean, I've had some that have gotten into a dating situation, but it rarely lasts. So, I mean, my feeling with friends with benefits has always been, you know, if you enjoy the sex and you can go into it for casual sex alone, it's not a bad thing. But if you want more, that might not be the right way of doing it. But there are some, like, tips or pathways out of, you know, a situation like this. And I can't say it's 100% guaranteed that it's going to work and, you know, not making any promises on anything, but I have seen it work for several clients. And basically, it's the same kind of thing that I would do and recommend in a dating scenario is if you're too available and if you have everything on his terms, there's nothing for him to appreciate. There's nothing more for him to want. So, and this applies for the women um, in those relationships. For the men, I might have a different perspective, but I would say to back, back off and not make yourself as available to the man because men often confuse the longing for a woman with love. And that can elicit a different response in the man. So if you can get him to actually miss you, he may start to really tap into real feelings that he has and that could lead to, to more, but that's the best case scenario. I don't see that happen very often. So the interesting thing is since that 2010 article, honestly, I haven't really thought about statistics and I was amazed when I started looking at how things changed. And this is pre, this is pre coded numbers. So in 2017, a survey, now it was, it was a small survey, and it was of a 1,000 Americans and Europeans, and they took a look at how popular friends with benefits relationships really were, and they found that women are more likely to have them than men. And not only that, but the people who have them nowadays are pretty satisfied with their sex lives. 
So there was a survey on drad.com, which is an online health consulting website, that found that 57% of the participants reported having been involved in a friends with benefits situation, while 43% had not. And then of all the people who had, 18% of the American women said they were currently in a friends with benefits relationship, while 17% of the American men said they also were. So, you know, there's 1% higher in women in the United States. Um, <clears throat> women who were more likely than men uh, to have the casual relationships definitely were in Europe. So 31% of the European women said that they currently have friends with benefits relationships, while 25% of the European men said the same thing. <clears throat> and granted, again, this is a very small sampling and I, those numbers, though, blew me away. I mean, I was absolutely shocked by them. And obviously, in real life, you, you need two to tango. So if you have a woman who's 31% of these European women, there's a partner, be it male or female, also involved in the friends with benefits relationship. But the numbers have changed. The outcome has changed. And the level of satisfaction has changed. But I still have not found relationships that lead to more. I have found no statistics, no stories, no anything that is substantial on that except one person I interviewed. So this is the interesting part for me anyhow, is that for the show, I personally interviewed 18 men and 14 women. So I asked eight questions about friends with benefits. And much to my surprise, I would say approximately half of the men and women were content in their friends with benefits relationship and half were wishing for more. And what further surprised me is that the half that were wishing for more was pretty evenly broken down between the men and the women. So half of the men and half of the women actually wanted more from the relationship. So I got two responses from men that were at opposite ends of the spectrum that um, I wanna talk about. One I found to be extremely, really heartwarming response. This was a divorced man. He was 42 years old, and he was in one friends with benefits relationship, and it did turn into a marriage. So to me, his response, which I'm going to share with you in a minute, um, showed me his integrity. And honestly, I wanted to date this guy. He was so warm-hearted and so open and so he just was eloquent in how he described this. He said to me that if you're attracted enough to a woman to sleep with her, you should be attracted enough, enough to her to date her or pursue her. So from a woman's perspective, that honestly was exactly what I wanted to hear. It was heartwarming, and this guy was sincere. He warmed my heart. But I'm going to ask both Jim and Paul to give me your opinion of that man's perspective. Is there anybody here? I guess not. Oh. No, <laughs> we're all gone. Not. I guess I'm doing this show by myself. Everybody can you hear me? Asleep, Am I, I still here? Now I hear you. So, so which one of you wants to go first? I want your response to that. What did you think of that man's response? Well, let, let me jump in on that one because I, I think that's um, it's a nice sentiment for sure. And I just feel like, you know, from what I said at the, the start of the show, depends on where you are 
from teenager to a post-divorce person in middle age. So, you know, if you're attracted enough to sleep with somebody when you're 18, that doesn't really mean anything <laughs> in terms of right. uh, if you want to date anybody. Um, but certainly as a, a grown, a grown up, uh, an adult, um, and you're later on in life, uh, you should have the emotional maturity to, yeah, if, if it's good enough for you to enter into a relationship for the sex, you should maybe have a, a little bit more going on in yourself to want more. I'm also fascinated with this whole story uh, with the, um, all these results. Uh, I would love to see deeper data on, all right, well, you have all these percentages, but where were they in terms of their ages and their demographics? What kind of jobs did they hold? Were, did they have children? Were they pre or post, you know, divorce? Because I think those really play into it that, um, you know, when I was post-divorce with a two and a half year old, the last thing I wanted was a relationship. I'm but sure, I, right. I was very happy to, you know, go out to the bars and, and uh, have something casual because it was a distraction and it eased some of my pain from the divorce. But I was not interested in anything beyond, you know, and I actually had one one woman say to me and she said the same thing. She goes, you know, I'm not really in the mood to date anybody right now. But if you want to just hang out every once in a while, and I'm like, yes, yes, sign me up that. that's what I want. And she gave me this look like you weren't supp supposed to say it that quickly. So I, I blew that one. <laughs> But, you know, I was like, I found the one. I found the one that wants to do the present benefits. And nope, she just gave me a look like, buddy, you blew it. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question, I think um, this guy is uh, on the right path as an adult. But I think the younger you are, the harder it is to be that heartwarming that. and sincere, you know, yeah. because it's just different, you know. Oh, but I'll tell you, if this guy asked me out, I would go. <laughs> well, if he's listening in, our number is... <laughs> Call now. Yeah, right. All right. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm available. So he's a little bit younger for me, but I'll deal with it. He, I mean, he was so warm hearted. He just touched my heart. He did. So Jim, do you have any, any input on this particular guy? Because the next one is a doozy. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's, it shows his wisdom over his, you know, intelligence. You know, he's, <laughs> He's, Why he's, he he's, him over his intelligence? Yeah, because wisdom is, is working from your experiences instead of just from the way you think. You know what I mean? Yes. But I, saw, it in learned. Both. I saw both his wisdom and his intelligence in that. Um, I, I saw it a little bit different. Well, I'm not saying they weren't there. I'm just saying that his, his wisdom was overriding just the intelligence, you know, just, just the the, the question and, and saying, you know, he's, 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 he's really focused on, on the, on the, on what I would say that are the proper values in a relationship. Right. And I agree a hundred percent. So, all right, I want to move on to this other guy. Oh God, help me. Please help me with this one. All right. So this other guy gave me a response that absolutely floored me. So he said, this to me. He said, um, for him, first comes the attraction, then comes the chemistry, then comes the physical, then in his words, he said the mental. And I asked him, I said, you mean emotional? And he repeated mental. He said the mental part was the hardest. But he did go on to tell me that he had thoughts and feelings too. So now this was a twice divorced older gentleman 
And for argument's sake, I'm just going to say he's over 55 years old. So, um, Jim and Paul, I would like your perspective on this man's perspective. Well, if, if, if I wasn't twice divorced and over 55, I probably would <laughs> have a bad judgment about him. But uh, to say mental seems to me... <laughs> I'm sorry, that correction was that emotional, and he repeated mental, and then he yeah. added that the mental part was the hardest, and then he told me, but he, he did have thoughts and feelings. Oh, my God, help me. <laughs> he keeps them in his back pocket. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pulls them out when he needs them, but they're, they're usually, uh... <laughs> no, I, I'd, I'd, I would uh, say he probably explains why he's been divorced twice. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I, he did mention to me that he was very actively looking for a partner. He was not looking for friends with benefits at this point. He was looking for a partner. Um, I, I do want to tell you what I psychically felt up with this, with this guy. And I do want to also tell you that he hit on me and I wasn't interested. Uh, <laughs> but Paul, do you have anything you want to add to that before I tell you what I psychically felt with this guy? Yeah, I think um, for me, it's, it's hard to, to walk in another person's shoes or judge them. But if someone is making a, a checklist and, and it has to be in a certain order, um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of putting things, it's, it's a little rigid, you know. And, and for me in particular, when you say attraction, um, I'm attracted to all kinds of different things. And it it has... You know, physical attraction is just a very small part of it. Uh, things that attract me to somebody are, are, you know, attitude and, and um, carriage and all, all these other things that, that, that would draw me to a person. Um, I guess, you know, that goes into chemistry and he lists physical as third, I guess. So, you know, I guess it, 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 I just it makes me really uncomfortable putting it in, in a specific order, um, understanding that there are different components to how you're attracted to somebody and understanding what those things are, I think is valuable. Um, and, and to say that men, a mental attraction, I'm assuming that means intellectual, you know, that someone's mental acuity or their, their thought process <clears throat> or how they look at the world like that, that is certainly a big part of attraction. So, you know, I, I think those are all valid things to consider. I just don't like the order. <laughs> well, and I took his mental to mean, um, intellectual and emotional. I felt he was sort of combining that into one because I don't feel he understands the difference. Yes, and, it's, and, it's both. Right. So in any event, psychically, um, I felt that he had a lot of repressed emotions and fear. I could feel that fear <laughs> in his energy. And I feel that's why he needed the structure so that he protects himself. So I also felt an abandonment in his issues, in his in his energy, and I did talk to him a bit after the. Um, that's when he hit on me after the um, interview, and he did admit to me that that was his greatest fear, abandonment. But I I nailed it on him first, and I also feel a lot of doubt, and I don't feel good self-esteem with this guy at all. So I want to say that overall, his energy really did make me sad. Um, but because of how he hit on me, I kind of feel that he has so focused on his sexuality that there isn't any, really much more there. I think that's truly what drives him. 
And um, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if this is crude or not, but I would classify him as a man who thinks with the wrong head or maybe yes. for him, you know, maybe for him, it's the right head because he's not ready or willing to tap into those emotions, which I tried to explain to him, but he was getting annoyed with me. Right. So he was in denial. He wasn't ready to hear more. So my feeling is that, you know, he might not be the classic relationship material, but certainly for a woman who wanted a hot to trot friends with benefit relationship with no ties, this man would be ideal. He would be. Right. I mean, he was, he wasn't alluring. Believe it or not, there were um, um, nice qualities that this man had, even though I'm not emphasizing that part. So, um, but I think he he needs help. <laughs> I, right. I don't know how else to say it. Well, so, we should um, move on to some callers here. It's getting um, into our second hour. So how do you want to wrap this part up here? Yeah, we can. I mean, I think we've said enough. I think the most important thing, though, that I do want to say, we talked about it earlier, and that's communication. The most important thing in any type of relationship, if it's a romantic relationship, if it's a friends with benefits, if it's a friendship, it doesn't matter. Communication is the key. But I want to mention one other thing, and this is, you know, anybody who's been a client of mine for a while knows that I feel that the most important thing that we do for ourselves is to honor ourselves. And especially in this kind of relationship, and unfortunately, a lot of the women who call me for a friends with benefits relationship is they're not satisfied. So what I want to say that if a man or a woman is not treating you with respect and offering more than sex, and if you need more to please you, and I repeat, you know, please, please reexamine the relationship and be honest with yourself and see if it meets your needs, because sometimes something is not always better than nothing. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. All right, so let's um let's check in with Jim here and see about getting to our first caller. Okay, um, we've got Susanna. Uh, let me let me put her on. Okay. Susanna, you there? Oh, not yet. Hang on. Okay. Having a little. There we are. <clears throat> hey, Susanna. Hi. How are you? Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm great, good. great. Tell us about your, your story. I have, well, some, so many years now in the past, it's just been pretty bad when it comes to relationship. So um, I do stay in a relationship quite a long time, maybe like um, six or seven years, but it's, it's unhealthy for me. Uh-huh. But I keep doing the same thing over and over again. So it's become a habit. It gets a habit. Uh huh. And and what would you like? What are you looking for? I'm looking for um, something you know, a person to be happy with, a healthy you, relationship. So so you'd like to change this relationship and find something different? Um, not necessarily, but um. If it's not good for me, then, then I don't know. I don't know. 
All right. Okay. So, it's, okay. Uh, so you're involved with someone right now. And um, mm-hmm. what is his name? His name is Alex. All right. So are you wanting to know um, what what his feelings are towards you or what, what, yes. what the potential of this relationship mm-hmm. could truly be? Yes. Okay. All right. Let's zoom in on Alex. All right. Um, all right. So interestingly enough, it does honestly feel like you guys are um, pretty, pretty serious in this. Like the way you're approaching it, Susanna, is as if you have a lot of uncertainties. What my feeling is you have uncertainties about him as a man and him as a part, as a partner. Um, I believe, Correct. and I'm not saying he's promising you the world. But I do feel there is a path that you guys are on, and it's leading somewhere. But I feel in your energy, you're afraid of um, being disappointed in this relationship. So are you guys, uh, like, um, like, did he propose to you? No, he hasn't proposed, but he, he just kind of said on his birthday, you know, he wants to, his wish was to get married. We do live together. So are you planning a a wedding? Well, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't even proposed yet. (laughs) But I'm not... (laughs) No, but he said he wanted to marry you. Um, And I do believe... On some level, I do believe that he does. But let me me say this, that um, I could feel you don't trust him. And I feel a lot of fear in your energy. And he is he 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 comes through as a mature gentleman. So he's is he middle aged? Mm-hmm. All right. That is correct. Fifty so, six. So and he's been married before. Mm-hmm. Correct. But not recently. He it feels like he's been out of a oh, marriage a long time for a ago. while. Oh yeah, yeah long time, long long time ago. Right. Um. So. Uh, and does he have, uh, I, I feel, uh, I don't know, it, it feels like a son. Does he have a son, or is that important to him? It's important to him, but he has a daughter. He has a daughter, but he's mm-hmm. not close with his daughter, or not that close with her. Correct. Um, all right. Um, most of these issues seem to be your issues that you're, um, I feel you have a history of, um, picking uh, very controlling men and men that promise you the world and deliver on nothing. Um, is that true? Yes, that is very true. And I feel he doesn't fit all of that, Bill, but it feels like it's a very dependent relationship. So you need him for something. Um, you know, uh, some, you said you live together, so do you live in his home? Mhm. Okay. And um so but he doesn't come through tremendously controlling. He really doesn't. He comes through more grumpy than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's not controlling. I can't say that that he is. That's grumpy. But you yes. do have a track record with controlling <laughs> men, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um well, let me put it to you this way. Um, I do feel there's a very strong potential that 
um, further discussions on marriage are going to come up. And I also feel um, it, it comes through very, very strong that he wants a son. Um, I could see him picturing a son um, in his own head. I mean, it feels like he has a son, but you said he only has a daughter. Um, he has a daughter, but he will love to have a son. Yeah, that comes through really clear. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I have to be honest with you. Like, I don't feel a great love between the two of you. I think you love him, and I think he loves you. I don't fully mm-hmm. trust him. He feels like he's mm-hmm. got um, weak boundaries, but I don't see him as one that's outwardly going to go out and cheat on you. But if something fell into his lap, I kind of think he might take advantage of it. Um, mm-hmm. So you kind of have to keep your eye on that. But um, I do feel you're going to move forward with this man. And I do feel that there is a very, very strong potential of you marrying this guy. I don't necessarily, do. Well, I don't necessarily feel that, that this is the man of your dreams. I don't. And I'm sorry to say that. I don't. No, that's okay. But, but it feels like you need to have this guy. I feel, and I hate to say this, but it feels like for right now, he's serving a purpose. And I don't mean sexual, but I do feel he's serving a purpose. So I feel for right now, he's a very good um, support mechanism for you. Um, I would love to see you focus more on yourself and you have a, your energy comes through as being very needy on this guy, and you actually have fear in mm-hmm. your energy that without him, like where would you go, or you would crumble. Mm-hmm. And if sure. you're that, and I'm, I'm also going to let Jim talk about that in a minute. But with that kind of dependency, you're doomed for failure in a relationship. And I feel that's why you get yourself into these controlling relationships because it starts out as a very very needy relationship. Um, I would love to see you work on yourself and uh, you, uh, if you were on the call early on and you listened to that prayer and on our next show, I'm actually going to open up with a very, very important quote for women and really start embodying some of the power that you've lost for yourself. Um, I actually feel in the big picture, he might um, have some resentment if you start um, building you know, boundaries, but I do feel you would have a more successful relationship than what you have right now. Honestly, so there's I, no I, potential, right? Well, honestly, I would love to see you um, work on yourself and then reevaluate mm-hmm. this situation, but I don't want to say that there's no potential here. I do feel if you do no work on yourself, you're going to be married to this guy within a year and he's going to want to have a child. So, Correct. If that future sounds like it's something you want, you've got it. Um, when I read your energy, you want to be loved. You want an attentive, mm-hmm. caring, nurturing kind of guy. And Alex does not come through that way. I feel he throws you crumbs and you hold on to those crumbs and you build this whole sense of feeling like you're happy in this realm of crumbs that he has thrown you. Are you aware of Mm -hmm. that? Not always, because that is true. I I always want to be loved. That is correct. And And how much much does he give you? 
What what does he give you? I mean, give me a percentage of how loved he not makes much. you feel. Exactly. So not is much. that not crumbs? Is that not crumbs? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the answer is kind of obvious here. I mean, you're on a path. If you want to marry this guy, um, you know, that that future is open to you. If you want something different where you, um, you know, uh, where you really get, where you have those qualities that you truly want in a man, but you're not going to get it until you work on yourself. There's something I put on my face, my personal Facebook page today, um, and I don't have it in front of me, but it said something like, the only way you're going to attract love is to love yourself. And that's my best advice to you. But Jim, are you, are you on the, are you on yeah. the, I'm, yeah. I'm here. Do you have any advice because some of this goes into some things that you might be able to talk about? Yeah, um, there's a organization called Omega Omega Therapy. Mm-hmm. You can look mm-hmm. them up, uh, eomega.org, and uh, they they help to understand. They help someone to do their own work about understanding the things that are driving them around relationships. Mm-hmm. And I, from what oh, okay. I'm hearing, you're talking about, it may be that you have a conflict in yourself about what you want and what you really feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. No, that's true, though. And, that is and, so true. And so if you work with these guys, you might find that they help you to get a better picture about the difference and why you might want to say no to one and yes to the other. And you might find out that Alex is actually either one or the other for you. Mm-hmm. Either, you know, kind of what you're comfortable with versus what you really want or should have in a relationship. Yeah, whatever I serve. So, so look that up, eomega, E-O-M-E-G-A dot org, and see, see if, if uh, they, they have some literature that you can buy, you know, like books and things like that that are very helpful. Mm-hmm. In, in, oh, in okay. understanding that, okay? I appreciate it. Sure. And right, Jim, if, I can, if I can just jump in here. Uh, you yeah. Know, Susanna, if you've had problems with controlling men, listen to me. This is exactly what you have to do. Do what I tell you here right now. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. That's, that's a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't listen Aww. to controlling people. No. I was sitting here with like baited something great, man. No, that was, the, you know, I was, I was going, being a controlling what? jerk. What? <laughs> Don't, don't listen to people like that. This is what you got to right. do. But, you know, we, we want to help. I think it was a really a interesting call. You now. Sure. <laughs> no, that was a great call. Thank you, Susanna. Thank and you, Susanna. I would Thank say you so follow much. through with what Jim suggested. Yeah, All right. Su- so, suggestions I, are I different than, uh, than being told what to do. <laughs> Man, I was sitting with bated breath, though, waiting yeah. for a response. <laughs> oh, too. my God. I thought you I, had the key. No, that's, <laughs> I don't have the key to anything. <laughs> well, we'll Even the front door. Huh? No. We'll have to make a few keys for you. All right, who All right, else so do who we do have, we have next? Line? We've got Desmond. Uh, here's, this, here's Desmond. Desmond, you there? I'm here. I'm here. How y'all doing? So, so tell, me, tell me about your story. What would you come up with? Oh, I have a... Lady friend uh, met at work. We uh, came close over the last year, but she has a situation 
she's talking about she stays with the father of her children and plus she just uh not well not too long ago she got a last year she got a relation out of relationship with an older man so but we have a like a it's kind of a strong connection because we guess we both empaths but uh just wondering down the road is there uh something that could uh I don't know about long term, but for the for the moment, like somewhere down the road, something uh, we can uh, something can happen down the road. What is her first name? Robin. Okay, let me look at both of your energy, and I'll see what I pick up. <clears throat> All right. Um, I'm just looking ahead because right now when I look at the two of your energies, there is, you both in some way, and I don't know if it's just because you're both empaths, but there is like an intertwining of your energies. And when I see that, it generally shows me either you're in a relationship or there's great potential for a relationship. The other thing it could mean is that there is a very, very strong emotional connection. And I do feel that there is a, and I hate to defer to some of the terminology that I used in um, my my talk before about friends and benefits, with benefits, but I do feel an attraction. I do feel chemistry. I do feel a lot of those really key ingredients in your relationship, but I also feel a, um, it's not exactly a, a pullback, but it feels like she creates distance in the relationship with you two. Is that true? Um, somewhat, yeah, somewhat. She, sometimes she come up with kind of flimsy excuses. Well, to me it this. feels like she's got very defined boundaries. And it's some, it feels like at times it's hard to sort of um, break through those boundaries. And, and I don't think you really should break through a boundaries for her it would be more of letting down those boundaries. It feels she's very set in her ways with certain things, and it doesn't feel like she she gives that much with those things. Does that resonate with you? Right, right. So in any event, as far as the potential for the future, I, I have to say there's something very compelling about the way your energies they dance with each other, and then they intermingle with each other. Your energies really seem extremely compatible with each other. I would say in looking at, at Robin's energy that um, whatever that previous relationship was that she was in, I feel there's still baggage and stuff that she hasn't fully let go of. Um, and I, 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 energetically, it feels that... Um, I'm touching my heart chakra here, so um, I'm just sort of feeling her energy to see if she's let go of it or if she's still holding on. To me, it feels like there's stuff in her heart chakra that she's still holding on to. I don't say that she's still in love with this previous guy, but I do feel there's unfinished business in some way, shape, or form. Does she share that with you? Yeah, too. She didn't say it quite like that, but, yeah, she said it's um She's not in love with him or nothing, but it's like unfinished business, so I guess. Right, right. He, there, uh, yeah. there is stuff. And in order for her truly to be able to move forward with you or anybody else, she needs to finish that business. But 
Um, I'll tell you, it's, Desmond, it's been a long time since I've seen energies interplay the way yours does with her, hers. It's a very, it's almost a very sensual uh, cat and mouse game, but it's very sensual. And instead of only being a cat and mouse game, it intertwines in a lot of ways. So I, I know you said not even, you know, a, a, a real long-term relationship, even a just now relationship. Um, I feel there's a very strong potential for that, but I actually feel there would be a potential for more in the event and when she resolves these ties with this previous relationship that still exists there. But I like the energy, and I'm telling you, I don't see what I see very often. And it could be because you guys are both pretty um, spiritually evolved that those energies are really jumping and hopping with each other, but it's in a very um, appealing way. And, and that shows me potential, big time potential. So I would say there's more than even what you're bargaining for. And the potential is there for a lot more, but she has to straighten out her life before she's ready to do it. Oh, okay. That's pretty sound right there. Mm-hmm. So, okay. um, all right. Well, thank you so much. Did that answer your question? I'm sure it did. All Appreciate right. Appreciate it. All right. My pleasure. All right. Good luck to you. Okay. All right. What do we have? Who else do we have? Um, we have Rosemaria. Um, okay. Hang on. Bringing her up. Mm-mm. Trying to. There you are. Is Rosemaria there? Hi. How are you? Hi. Tell us your story, Rosemaria. Um, I do have somebody interest, I'm interested in, and he's not communicating. And I don't know if it's friends or benefits or I did ask him about marriage and stuff, but no response. So I don't know which way it's going. If it's on a standstill of friends with benefits or moving towards a long-term relationship, so I don't even know. Can, can you right, give us the first name? Yeah, uh, Ralph. Ralph. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and how long have you guys been seeing each other? I keep on seeing a seven around you. Hello. About I'm here. About that. Okay. I've been going back and forth to two, two different countries, so oh. I know no more, more than that. So. All right. Um, does seven have any other meaning for you? Uh, seven. I like the Are number even- seven. You do. Um, or July, is July any of any importance to either one of you? Uh, my grandmother's birthday. All right. I don't know why it's very prominent in your energy, number seven, but it is. Just make note of it. I mean, it might play into something important down the road. All right. So, oh, that's what it is because I'm always there right. in the summertime in July. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, bingo. Okay. All right. So, um this one's really interesting in that there is nice, um, there really is a nice energy between the two of you when it's on, but, you know, like you said, you've talked about marriage to him and um, he's not, you know, being as consistent or consistent, I, it's consistent or there's another word, consistent or um, forthright. In a lot of ways, I feel even discussions, he just feels very closed off 
and very protected in a way. Like he protects his heart and his, it's almost like he, he barricades doors and locks them. Um, not literally, but in a, um, in, you know, in, in, in sort of like a, a protective mechanism that he has for himself. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that there's no potential that he's going to shift or change and start putting more on the table, but I do have some very um, specific advice for you. My guides are using these words. They are saying that you are the glue that holds the relationship together. So either you're pursuing too hard or you're trying too hard. And I kind of feel it's both of them. And I, I feel the only way you're going to get this man to really take a more active role in this relationship is to start backing off of it and really let him um, lead. And I, I could feel your energy, you know, basically saying, well, if I do that, I'm never going to hear from him or nothing's ever going to happen. Is that what you believe, that if you did that, that he would just fade away? Uh, pretty much because he's pretty much pushed me away and I gave up on him at this point. Um, well, so when you say you gave up on him, does that mean that you are not reaching out to him at all? Uh, I just reached out for Christmas, yeah, uh, for Easter. Right. Oh, yeah. And well, see, that's where you're, you're going wrong. And did he respond to you? Nope. Hmm. See, what's happening is the more you do that, the more you're pushing him away. He's really not ready. He really isn't ready. Um, I, I, even when you guys had a stronger relationship and he was more attentive, it does feel like you were doing the pursuing and you were the one holding it together. And one thing that I often say to my clients is if you're afraid that someone's going to disappear if you don't reach out, then is that somebody you really want to be with? And do you honestly think that's the right person for you? And if you really uh, think about that, I mean, is the right, do you, if you imagined your dream guy, would it be someone you have to pursue and chase? And, and not literally beg, but practically beg to be in a relationship with you. Is that what your dream guy would be? No. But he does exactly. stuff, stuff behind my back when I'm there, and and I don't get it. <laughs> he follows me or has somebody follow me and stuff like that, and says he cares, and not to my face, but to family members or, what, you know what I mean? Well, I do believe that he does care, but I don't know that he is giving you. I mean, energetically, I feel you're getting about 5% of what you need in a relationship. Would you agree with that? Pretty much, yeah. And if, you, if you're willing to accept 5%, then that's exactly what you're going to get from him. And the only way to change that is to back off, not to say anything to him, not to say, well, you know, you're not reaching out, so I'm not going to speak to you anymore, is just disappear. And the key issue here is that when he does step forward, and I believe he will, is don't jump. Don't be available. Don't, don't leave. Let the man 
step forward because you're making it too easy for him and he doesn't have that sense of urgency that he needs to do something. Um, if you were to ask me, is this your soulmate? Is this the person that you're going to end up with? I would say most likely not. It's not coming through as that kind of relationship. I feel that you do have an emotional attachment to him, and I do believe he cares about you, but I just have difficulty in seeing you. It's almost like your energies start to overlap, and then they stop, and there's resistance there. And I think some of the resistance is on his part. Um, is he is he divorced, or is he still yeah. involved in a relationship? He's how long has he been divorced? Over twenty five years. Um, what's the tie that I'm feeling? Is, is there was there another relationship after the marriage that there's still ties with some woman? I don't think so. Um, Everybody keeps on leaving. What was that? Everybody keeps on leaving him. Yeah, well, because he doesn't have very good relationship skills. Um, Does he have financial um, involvement with that ex-wife still? Uh, He shouldn't be. There's some some entanglement, and and it's not romantic at all. But there is some entanglement with that ex, with that ex-wife or ex-something. It could have been an ex-girlfriend somewhere along the way. But um, I, I feel you have a challenge with this guy. You really do. But your approach with him is wrong. Don't, don't, by any means. Oh, um, the money part is me. Oh, what, is, me. what do you mean? Are you sending him money? No, uh, I own half of the business. Uh, Half of the house, I got uh, left by his mother. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's the financial entanglement. So, because it comes through that 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 needs to somehow get resolved. That's the way it comes through. Um, if you own half of the house, obviously you got to keep this guy around. But I would say work on yourself and try to try to lessen your need for him and that you know there's an urgency in your energy try to release it and let things emerge naturally but i would say you're going to have a hard time in a committed relationship with this guy but i'm concerned about you with the financial involvement so talk to someone an attorney or someone and try to straighten things out but we are running out of time um good luck with this one and keep us posted, but you've got a challenge on your hands. Yeah, I do. <laughs> All right, good luck to you. Thanks. All right. Um, okay, great caller. We have someone, uh, we have someone online who's gotten some uh, friends with benefit thing going, so let's, let's hear from oh, Gina. Oh, good. Okay, great. Gina? Yes. Hi. Hi. Tell Hi. us your story. <laughs> yes. Um, my story is kind of complicated. Um, so I've been dealing with D, um, like for the past two years, and like lately, I would say like the early part of this year, it has been like everything was going good and everything, 
like when he came back from his home country and then all of a sudden this year it's just like if I sent him a text it was like I don't know it's just like he just want to fuss like argue like what is going on so we started out as friends and of course you know at first I didn't want to go there with him because of his situation but somehow we got entangled and I'm just like oh. And I tried, and I was trying hard to not fall for him, but I did. So, um, and I can't read him. Like, he's not the type that's going to say I love you and whatever. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you're trying to fight for this or or let it go or something. So we had this big, you know, we had a big argument today, and I just want to see if, you know, is this something that, you know, just blow over and we'll work it out, talk it out, and we'll be good, or this is just, like, this is what how it's going to be with him. Um, all right. His name, what was his name again? I missed it. B, just the letter D. Oh, okay. D. Okay. All right, I'm zooming in on his energy. Is that D as in boy or D as in dog? <laughs> That's okay. the way I read it as D as okay. in dog. <laughs> Sorry, I, I bet you're All right. All right. Um, all right. As far as the argument, I don't see that being a deal breaker. Um, I feel within a day or so things will get resolved. You said an interesting thing, though. You said, will, will we work it out or will we talk it out? And I don't. I'm not saying you guys don't talk. I actually do feel there's dialogue between the two of you, but it doesn't feel to me that it's the right kind of dialogue to really get things resolved. Um, it just feels like you guys talk on a high level, and then you may talk about incidental things or things that are, you know, not related to the relationship and feelings and stuff like that. He doesn't feel open and forthcoming with that at all. But I got to say this, that um, the feelings that I'm actually getting with the two of you is there is a lot of, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, there's a lot, there's a combination of an emotional attachment here, both of you, not just you. And there mm -hmm. is a physical attraction like it feels like there's fireworks at times going on physically between the two of you even though i know you said he's cooled off and he's this and he's that you don't know and whatever it's like when you guys are on it feels like like music it just feels like it so flows with you guys when he's on right. but i don't feel that he allows himself to be in that place of really connecting with you often i feel it's um yeah it's the exception not the rule right 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 and it's and that's what i'm getting at with him like um you know it's just minor stuff but what we had an argument about communication and even anything that ends with a ship partnership friendship relationship there's still got to be some communication it's like you just can't drop the ball all of a sudden. And like, right. if we make You're plans, right. you have to communicate. I don't care if the day, the day before something comes up, send me a text or a call. That's all you got to do. And then I won't expect you to come the next day. So that's 
what our argument was about, and I'm like, okay, D, I need you to be, I need you to be present with me, you know, because of course I have strong, you know, I love him, but it's just like I don't know if he feels that way with me, and it's just like, why am I even going there with him? You know? Well, that that's the right question you should be asking yourself. But I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you something about technique with him. And this does not apply for every man and every woman, but certainly in this situation, it does apply. It will go in one ear and out the other if you're saying things to him like, I need you to do this, I need you to do that, and blah, 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 blah. It goes in one ear, out the other, and there's resentment and pullback and okay. cringing that I feel in his energy regarding it. Your better approach is to pull back and let him take those steps towards you. And when he takes those steps towards you, what you say is we need to talk. And then you say things like what bothers me is, or you're not, or I feel unfulfilled when blah, 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 blah. You know, to attack him and say, you're not doing this, or I don't like when you do that, or I need you to, call me or I need this or need that. He's not going to do it. I I understand. And normally when it's like that, I do fall back. I just let him have his space. I just, just, I'm just like, okay, I just wait till he takes a call because I'm not going to go at you if you're mad or anything. So when he comes to me, that's when I say like, this is how I feel. I feel like I'm not getting what I need from this from whatever we are trying to build. So right, I, and what does he say? What does he say? What does he say when you say that? Touch, he said, well, I'm telling you I'm in it with you, and, you know, I'm going all out with you, but you're not, you know, to me, you're not being present. And I'm not saying physically present, but I'm talking about, like, emotionally present, mentally present. So I need you to to be there for me like I'm being there for you, but it's not fair if it's one-sided. You Some know? people and don't know how to do it. Some people it, don't know how yeah, to do it. That's what I, um, and that's what I you know too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and, and what I yeah. see a lot in, in during COVID anyhow is that a lot of people are on these dating sites and they're trying to build relationships with people. And some of my clients mm-hmm. that are very – in tuned with their emotions, tell me that there's not a man out there that can have a heart-to-heart conversation. They don't know how. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing that you can do or I can do to change that. That's the way they are. That's their makeup. They have their own work to do. They've got to figure things out. They just, they're incapable of doing it. Um, I think sometimes trying to bring it out in a man, it's not impossible. I mean, there are ways of doing it, but, um, you know, 99% of the time it's either there or it's not there. I mean, I've spoken to clients, male clients, and, you know, I'll ask them how they feel about something and they tell me what they think. And that's what I think Dee does with you. And he's unable to tap into that. So the... The ball's in your court to make a decision. Is that enough for you? Um, I don't see any major changes coming down with you two. I kind of feel you're going to get more of what you have. What I do want to say is 
when he says I'm in it, I believe him. For the best of his ability, he is in it. But that doesn't mean anything. It's, is, it a, is it enough for you? That's what matters. Right. And that's a decision exactly. that so, you have to take. That's a decision that you have to make. And I don't see him changing. That's the thing. You know, if he changes, and it's like 5%. Yeah, and that's what I put on the text. I said, you you don't want to change. You don't see the problem. You know, and he I'm doesn't. like... He doesn't. Yeah, and he just doesn't. He just don't want to see. It. He just don't. He just like set in his ways. And I'm like, listen, if you really want to make this work, this is important to me. And so, so then back I'm off. Back off until he starts making it work. Back off. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's you know, what, we've got to run. We're running out of time. All right. Good luck okay, to you. No problem. Thank Thank you. All right. Bye bye. I will. Bye bye. All right, do we have time for another caller? Do we have anybody else on the line? Yeah, we have Debbie. Okay. Uh, Hold on. Hi, thank you. Hi. Yeah, Yeah, welcome. (laughs) Tell us us the story. Thank you so much. Yeah. I work with a bully manager, and I um, have stayed and become stronger um, but it's relentless. Um, you know, if I get to a new level, she seems to get to some dirtier level. And I was wondering what you see. Like, do I keep taking it and becoming stronger or leave and find greener pastures? Or will she leave? Right. Well, could you give me her first name? Holly. Holly. Okay. Let me look at the energy. I mean, nothing jumps out at me right away that she's leaving right away. I'm not saying forever she would be there, but um, I feel she's working hard to um, be noticed and, um, you know, uh, get whatever kind of recognition she she needs or thinks she needs. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. When I look deep in her energy, there's it's it's all a facade with her. There's really a lot of weakness that I feel in her energy as well. Um, but mm-hmm. what I do want to say to you is that the outer world is always a reflection of what's going on inside of you. And if you're mm-hmm. drawing in a very controlling or difficult boss, then it's reflecting something in you. Um, and it could be that, I don't know if you were listening to the early part of the show, you know, I'm a self, you know, uh, uh, admit it. I admit I'm a control freak. You know, I mean, I mm-hmm. always have to have control. And sometimes if you can let down that those your own walls and your own barriers on control and start digging into and finding that different side of yourself, you could reflect that outward mm-hmm. and that could shift her. But looking at her energy alone, I don't see her leaving at any point in the near future. There is an opportunity that I do feel is actually going to come up for her actually in December um, of this year that might pique her interest. And, you know, there's a small chance that she will leave. But there feels like she's got a she's got a very specific agenda of what she wants to accomplish in this job and in this company. Um, she will mm-hmm. leave at her she will leave at her own convenience when the time is right. As far as okay. you're concerned, um, 
if you chose to look for a job elsewhere, and I have cl- I have clients on both sides of the spectrum right now as far as there there are jobs available, but there's a lot of applicants out there. But I have some mm-hmm. some clients that are finding work pretty easy, and other clients that aren't. Um, but there's mm-hmm. no harm in you starting to look around. But I would urge you, if you are going to look around, examine that in yourself. You know, Debbie, really look inward and see where you're being difficult um, because you wouldn't well, be reflecting I was, it. I was actually the complete opposite of severe codependent. Like, I would give, like, I am the opposite to the point that um, it was hard for me to stand up for myself. So now that I stand up for myself, I, 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 don't, I think it's more that because I've been – I go, I just leave. If it gets difficult, I just leave. Oh, but oh, I haven't so this left. This is a test for you. This is a test for this, you. This right. Is and a this test. is an opportunity for you to gain the skills that you're working on. Um, and it is always, everything is always, your outer world is always a reflection. It's always there for us to learn, for us to heal from. There's always a gift in everything. I mean, if you were listening yeah. to the early part, of the show today, what had me in a funky mood was something that happened in my life that I wasn't happy with, but I was able to transform that into my own personal growth and transformation. So we mm-hmm. all have that available to us. Um, so okay. I would say in this case, in this case, since you are just sort of gaining your own two feet and your own strength and your own power, this is an opportunity mm-hmm. for you to keep growing and building on that. Once you get to the point where she doesn't bother you anymore, that's the time to go. Because then you've gotten the gift. Then you've gotten the gift and you're not going to repeat this somewhere else. My biggest concern would be if you left right now and you haven't gotten to the point of this not bothering you, you're going to recreate it somewhere else. Yeah, that's happened. I I get a little level of success, and then somebody like her will just push on me and um, get me to cave, and I do because I don't like conflict. But so now I stay, but I am, you know, I've let it go so long, and I'm middle-aged. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm late learning this lesson. But you said – you know, you you have the success and then somebody starts chipping away at things. It feels to me that you are, you might stay, but are you really growing and learning and getting a voice out of this? And that's the key to get the voice. That's what my, the boss above her said. She said, I want you to know you have a voice. And that felt terrific because I always, I never did. I had a very controlling mother. So for me to stand up to somebody like that was a huge lesson. But if I've learned it, I'm just wondering why I'm still there, you know. because I can't even get fired. I know, but the thing of it is, is that you have issues with your mom that you have not resolved. And that's why you're recreating it now. This is an, I call this a clue. I call Holly a clue. And a clue is there. Okay. She elicits an emotion with you. And you and, and use that as, consider it 
you know, a puzzle, a piece of a puzzle or a clue. Yeah. And it's an opportunity for you to look inward. And the question I tell my clients to ask themselves is what is the first time you ever remember feeling this way? And it doesn't matter what comes up, if it's the first time or yeah. the 5,000th time, but it's just a, a way to, to, to start the process. And it's not thinking okay. about it. It's feeling it. It's actually feeling yeah. it. And, you know, to give you an example, like um, this morning, I signed into Facebook and there's a picture of two of, the, two of my dogs that I had that passed away because a neighbor accidentally poisoned them. And that, oh. that created a very strong emotional reaction. And then a friend of mine called and all he wanted to do was nurture me. And what I said to him was, I need to feel this. And I need to just but that's express wrong. this. I, I, that's you know, go ahead. That's what like betrayal. Well, what what part of it is betrayal to you? Uh, that somebody wanted to hurt you. Oh, well, this neighbor didn't do it on purpose. They were ignorant. But bottom line is oh. my dogs died. Okay. And here's a picture of the two of my dogs that are both dead. They died at four years old and five years old, six months apart from each other. They died. They were literally. And and I was in a funk. But the important part I want you to hear is that I needed to feel the sense of loss. And I needed to I needed to express that. I had a friend who immediately called at very you know, seven thirty in the morning. I'm I'm sitting there crying and he wanted to nurture me and make me feel better, and I wanted to feel the pain. And the only way you can transform and grow from it is to feel it. So my point to you is that Holly is an opportunity for you to tap into repressed feelings that you had with your mother. Your mother was controlling. She didn't allow you to express yourself. She didn't allow you to be you. There's a part of you that got repressed and is, you know, is, is, I almost want to say in denial and you don't even know it's there. And there are hurts and there are times. It makes me angry. I'm angry. Right. Good. Perfect. That's a perfect emotion to have. And, and you need to express it, not to her, but you need to get that out. If you have all this anger, bottled up inside of you, the only person getting hurt is you, right? I know. Yes. And it's not a matter of, if she's still alive, it's not a matter of of voicing anything with her. It's working through it. Um, You know, I do coaching and I work with people with stuff like this, but there are a million techniques out there. What you need to focus on or what you should focus on is healing your past. You had a controlling mother I believe you have traumas and and repressed, you know, emotions locked up inside of you. And until you address okay. them, you're going to be drawing in bosses like this or people like this in your life. Okay. I appreciate that, really. All right. Well, good Very luck much. to you, Debbie. I Thank hope you. it has I, helped you. And, it really has. And do, do you know, do some... Google right now healing your past and see what comes okay. up and find something that works for you. Okay. Thank you right. so Good. much. You're very welcome. Good luck to you. Thank you, Debbie. What a great night of callers. That was really oh, phenomenal. I wish we had more time to talk. I don't even know if there are other calls we didn't take yet, but um, they were great calls. Yep. 
Well, we want to thank our listeners tonight who called in. We enjoyed hearing your stories and just know that we always appreciate you. Our next show is on Thursday, April 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the topic will be on divination or ways to predict your future. Please visit Lady Fontaine at ladyfontaine.com for a reading or life coaching session. And for those listeners in the New York City area, visit Jim at East West Healing Arts in Hartsdale, New York. The website is eastwesthealing.info. His Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash eastwesthealingarts. And I have my own rock show on purerockradio.net on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we'd just like to say good night, and we look forward to hearing from you here again on Eye on the Future. Another great show thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future, blessings and love.